Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So on meeting three of Football Land, also known as the previous meeting, do you remember I brought up my issue with your leg rubbing? Yes, yes, I do remember that. Just so we're clear, it's accidental. And I should point out it's a small meeting room. But you did have an issue with my leg brushing against yours when I reached over to play another jingle on the company laptop. That, the my laptop. Look, I think if we had the laptop in a position where we could both reach it equally, it wouldn't be a th- the layout of the working space is not at fault here. I'm I'm keen to play jingles. I don't want to be the jingle Grinch, but the leg rubbing it's it's discomforting, especially as you wear shorts and and yet the leg the hairs on your leg sort of penetrate through my trousers i'm, so, I'm not shaving my legs mate, mate I, I i've got i've got you this Ooh. wow wow what what is it that is a six foot long stylus it's a car aerial isn't it right you can use the stylus to press the trackpad of the laptop and click play on a jingle without leaning over me okay and crucially without any rubbing it's a bit over engineered for the problem but yeah okay yeah shall i give it a whirl you go ahead all right then mark play another jingle please yeah, here we here we go whoopsie whoa <laughs> it's a bit okay it's, it's a bit difficult, difficult to control, to control isn't yeah. it mate watch out for my tea <laughs> watch out for my tea all right okay like, all right ow, like ow. okay you, ne- here, mate. you nearly had my eye out <laughs> yeah, there mate we so, got okay put Put it down, 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 put it down. Yeah, you know I'm dyspraxic, don't you? I, mean, I, could, I couldn't jump until I was 10, so the, the, that, was, that was fun, though. I had a lot of fun having a bash. Yeah, just stand up, lean over and press the jingle. Yeah, all right. I'm le- uh, Okay, this is me leaning and this is me pressing. All right, without rubbing, oh, without rubbing. No, there's no leg contact whatsoever. And hooray, we've got lift off. Finally. No, no, no that okay, didn't, press. didn't press. Yeah, press the space bar. Shall I? Don't, don't press it twice. No. Don't press it twice. That pauses it. Shall I get the car aerial? No, uh, I've got it. Here we go. Here we go. So it's meeting four of Football Land. We've been given one billion US dollars due to a clerical error in order to build a football-themed theme park in Qatar in time for the World Cup. And as we've agreed, the theme park is called Football Land, which is all one word. Two words. So let's have a recap of the rides we've already chosen. The Leicester City Fairyland, the Tunnel of Donald or Wagner or Joachim Love, Jimmy Conrad's Conrad Biscan 3000, Steve Mechanical Bull, Marek Larwood's Football Hunger Games, Sir Alex Ferguson's Mind Games, Nimadedra's Betrayal, Monorail. Nimadedra's Monorail, I've been really excited by that. You've actually begun researching how to harvest data. 
Yeah, it's a legal minefield, to be honest, but I'm tempted, I mean, I'll run this by you, but I'm tempted to just say, let's ignore the legal shenanigans for now and just go for it. Because I've been thinking, if, if in the, obviously in the monorail, um, Giggs's garden, um, you look to your left and you can partake in it or not, um, you can choose any of your brother or sisters-in-law from a photos on Facebook and you can bang them in virtual reality form. Obviously, we're just going to be really pasting their face over the top of like a wireframe body. So we actually need, in later stages of this development, we're going to have to commission a man and a woman uh, to wear the ping pong balls and pretend to have have sex with with a sort of a cameraman, you know, point of view sort of sex. And, yeah. and you're confident that you can match um, any Facebook photo of someone's brother or sister-in-law on on the bangy, I, I think so. Yes, I mean I haven't gone into it in too much detail, but I, I I did a couple of tutorials on YouTube in Final Cut and keying stuff out. I don't know if that's even the right area of technology, but I'll I'll pick it up. I, I will definitely get there. One thing I'm slightly worried about is Nim specifically said the VR headset is in sync with your personal photos on your phone. So if you fancy your brother-in-law or your sister-in-law, you can have a bounce on them in the virtual world. I'm just slightly confused as to how we specify which person in your extended family you fancy. Is there a danger that you look to your left, you see Giggs's garden, you think, I've always fancied my sister-in-law, let's get it on, and actually suddenly you're, you're balls deep in your own grandma. Well, uh, there's always the possibility that the bang can be facing away from you. So you just see their, the back of their head. We could yeah. actually make it a generic person, man or woman, facing away from you. And, and perhaps in your virtual reality headset, it's just got like a thumbnail picture at the bottom left-hand corner of your sister or brother-in-law who you're supposed to be rogering or being rogered by. That's not much better than just cracking one off looking at your phone is it really it's not it doesn't feel like we're making best use of the technology to really deliver on this experience Mm. i think you need to be face to face i mean it's also i mean call me old-fashioned but it's not quite as romantic if you're slapping away from behind i think for for the romantic element of this uh, and let's not get too base romance is a big part of this you you want to see who you who you're nailing yeah I've got a couple of points I've written down that are concerns about the wider area of football land, and I think this bleeds really into it. It's it's getting a bit sexy, mm. the theme park. It's getting quite sexy. Yeah. Uh, we've got Giggs's garden and all of the fornication that goes on there. We've got, and, and you and I know that the naked Steve Bull, Steve Mechanical Bull, we know it's not sexy. It's actually no. pure ancient Greek uh, classical Naked and his slightly enlarged genitalia is purely to get him on board. There's nothing sexual about exactly. that. Exactly. There's nothing sexual about that. But it, I'm just thinking about potential investors, and they might just see Giggs's garden. They might see they might see a naked Steve Bull without having listened to any of the wider context. They might get a bit scared off. So yeah, yeah. I'm going to put this to you, Mark. Let's just try to have no more sexiness no more sexy behavior in the park in football land apart from those two yes no i'm completely in agreement i was looking at the stats uh, of other theme parks and the amount of families and children that go to them does suggest we we need to get i mean i'm not saying we're going wrong but there is there is too much sexy times 
at the moment. Um, um, yeah, we, we need to get back on track and make this family friendly. On a completely separate note, I'm very pleased to announce I've done the soundscape for the tunnel of Wagner Donald Wackim Love. Do you want to hear it? I'd love to. Play away. Here we go. What do you think of that? Uh, yeah, that's fantastic. Absolutely bang on. Well done. Speaking of the tunnel of Wagner slash Donald slash Joachim Love, as you're cast out of the giant um, phallus, the, the chute, do you remember part of it is that one lucky person lands in a restaurant? Oh, yes. Yeah, that's a big... Uh, it's a big draw. I thought we should think about what the the restaurant is. Yes, of course, yeah. So I've, I've, come, up with, I've come up with the restaurant and I want to pitch this as the ultimate restaurant in football land. Great. So the restaurant is called Ascoffiation Noshball. Ascoffiation Noshball. That's good, yeah. So th so it's association football, but um, with a culinary theme. Noshball is great. I love that word. What about Ascoffiation? Ascoffing. Ascoffing. It's not about eating bums or anything like that. And Noshball, not noshing off the balls it's it's more just football but with eating that's you know I, there's no euphemisms or anything like that it's 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 a serious thing so this is a restaurant that allows customers to eat in every era from football from when it was invented in the 1860s 70s right across to the 21st century so imagine what footballers ate in every sort of era of history and i would like to propose a tasting menu that covers the whole of football nutrition, footballing nutrition. So let me set the scene. This is what the restaurant will look like. Um, I'm imagining a changing room. So everyone files into a changing room with uh, tiles on the ground, tiles on the walls, uh, pegs behind you and, and quite uncomfortable benches, uh, wooden benches. So imagine like Wagamama's, but sort of more hygienic. So you take all your clothes off. Oh. Well, no, no, nothing like that. You take your clothes off um, and then you peg them on uh, the peg behind behind you and then you put on your kit you put on a you know a football kit a football tasting menu kit okay so we could incorporate training bibs as in bibs so it catches any food that you 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 miss you know like you wear a napkin you put on your training bib but it's it's just a bib it's like a baby's bib but for adults well, that's a wonderful idea and perhaps uh, two people selected at random have to wear goalkeeper gloves i'm thinking also the the setting of the, like eating in a changing room my experience of changing rooms when i was playing it was there was always a faint smell of old socks it's not unlike the smell of cheese so are, are we thinking this is like a fromagerie we we replicate the nasal essence of a ch of a changing room but it's a positive thing it's it's food stuff it's sweaty cheese well we all know two of the most delicious smells are cheese and deep heat the spray of deep heat there's nothing like it and to have that in a restaurant i don't think anyone's had that before in the heat of qatar people are gonna flock into this restaurant the waiters will dress as referees as well so 
and you'll have some linesmen as well carrying your food and their flags will get in the way. They'll whistle to each other to communicate orders. I want every single bit of this restaurant to scream football and often with results that are completely impractical. So could some of the dishes be, rather than hand-delivered to where you're sitting, they're drop-kicked from, from just outside the kitchen? Yeah, absolutely, especially some of the more spherical items on the menu. For example, a cantaloupe melon or a, a Christmas pudding, a scotch egg, you know, one of those giant scotch eggs you get. So here's the tasting menu that I've got so far. So it's ten courses. Ten? Yeah, each era has a course as it were and um, i've actually provided an amuse bouche for you from each dish Ooh. right so here we go um, d- before we start is it all right if i do a musical accompaniment for each course I mean, i'm thinking something that corresponds in musical genre terms to to the era that the course belongs to right i mean we're, we're literally about to start so unless you're going to play it live then i suggest we just skip that bit but but if you can do it right now then we're then okay i think it's important and i think i can do it live so okay well let's well let's see what we got so here is course one from the 1890s One. 1890s, it's a traditional half-time meat roast. Uh, so we've got venison stuffed with pigeon, we've got pheasant, we've got lots of other animals that you wouldn't consider eating. That is very rich. I'm tasting it now and it's 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 amazing. It's it's incredibly rich. Yes. So in the in the non-professional era, emphasis was placed on fancy food, especially at half time, because the rich amateurs they they could afford it. They didn't really think about playing football. It was more about the social aspect mm. and you can't get more social than having a giant meat roast at half time yeah i mean it's the kind of thing that would give you gout just looking at it but it does conjure up the era of the the amateur and am, as i'm sure you know amateur comes from latin amat you do it for the love of it and this expresses that i'm just wondering um i'm thinking out loud football although it was formalized in the 1890s it did exist before that. There's evidence that it was played as a street sport in Shakespeare's time where they hoofed a pig's bladder around. Could, could we not have like a medieval hors d'oeuvre, pre-starters almost? What about the champagne reception? Um, you fill a pig's bladder with champagne hmm. and you you serve it to diners from the bladder. So you sort of squeeze it a bit until it comes out of a little tiny hole. Like an alcoholic bagpipe. Exactly. Just into their champagne flutes. So we've done the 1890s. Yeah, so course two. Come dine with me inside a football land. Course two. Now, what do you remember most about the First World War? I mean, mud. Mud is what I think. You think you're going chocolate mousse here? What are you doing? No, I'm not going chocolate mousse. I'm going the game of football, the footballing truce on Boxing Day. Now, there wasn't any football played, of course, during the First World War, except by conscientious objectors. But I I would like to give a tribute to those brave boys who who stopped fighting um, for Christmas with a charcoal poppy seed bagel with a bit of mustard. Um, mustard to 
obviously pay tribute to the mustard gas. Uh, yeah. Uh, so uh, it's a poppy seed bagel, but it's been char grilled uh, and and it's covered with mustard, uh, and it kind of it really sticks in the back of your throat. A combination of the the seeds, uh, the the charcoaliness of it, and of course some real proper French mustard. Yes, I'm slightly worried. Is that the most sensitive way to remember them? With with, uh... I think this is a it's a respectful dish for the fallen. Um, it's remembering the great truce of the Great War. You're right. Yeah, I think the poppies. Uh, you know, football is is a time to remember poppies. There should be poppies worn the whole year round, not just November, in my opinion. But the least we could do to remember them is by serving up something that evokes the true spirit of the times. And we don't want to sugarcoat this, Mark. Mm. It was a horrible time, and that's why it's going to be charcoal grilled. Yeah, no, I can see that. It's, it is a very beautiful and respectful tribute. Would you like to taste some? There's just some just... Uh, uh, you see that? That's not, yeah, no. that's not a burnt bit. That's actually the that's the bit of it, and there's a lot of mustard on that. So have a knock yourself out and just remember the fall. Still struggling to finish the uh, venison stuff with pigeon, to be honest. But yeah, I, I've just... I've sampled a bit of it, and yes, it's in... in what can I say? In the nicest possible way that is really horrifically horrible and i think that's the best best way of remembering the fallen i'm just wondering if should during this course where whereas in the midst of unimaginable horror in 1914 a game of football broke out these people are in a restaurant in a theme park so in the midst of un- unimaginable joy should a war break out just very briefly and it obviously a a reenactment it's not an actual war but no uh, later on um between course five and course six all the diners then go out on mass to have a five-a-side game of football for 15 minutes kind of flip reversing the whole experience of a football match so this this tasting course should last about 90 minutes and yeah for half time 15 minute game of full-on football in your sports kit and then go back in we've actually got a, a, a pizza fight around about course eight to uh, pay tribute to Old Trafford. So I'd rather not have uh, any more fighting or any more larking about. I don't think we've got time. Fair enough. Yep, fair enough. No, uh, let's, let's, I'm looking forward to course three. Here's course three, the 1940s. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? 
They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. The 1940s, of course, they saw the resumption of football, but the country was still under food rationing. Uh, So with that in mind, uh, the course is quite simply bread and dripping. And here it is for you to taste. There it is. Uh, Get that down Mm. your gullet. Mm. It's nice and cold. Do you know what, Anthony? That is absolutely rank. I happen to know that in the 1940s, one of the training uh, regimes that Bob Paisley, Liverpool manager, Bob Paisley uh, endured when he was a player, he was given or force-fed egg and sherry. Uh, I've heard him speak of this in the 1940s. I don't know whether that's a boiled egg floating in sherry or whether it's kind of the shell is broken and it's whipped up into a kind of alcoholic omelette. But um, maybe that should be something for the vegetarians. A hundred percent. That's brilliant. Yes, I hadn't thought about the vegetarians. They love eggs. Uh, The vegans, um, they can just have the bread if they like and some more mustard. Okay, let's have course four, the 1950s and 1960s. Course four. To pay tribute to the 1950s and 60s, I don't know about you, but I just think Bovril and Guinness. Now, Bovril and Guinness are uh, are two sides of the same coin, in my opinion. Um, Guinness is just uh, an alcoholic Bovril. Bovril, if you're you're driving, pint of Guinness if you're on the lash. So that's what they all used to drink at halftime, as I'm led to believe in the 1950s and 60s. Sir Stanley Matthews, of course, he lived till, well, he played until the age of, what, 46, 48? 51. You know, only Roger Miller played anywhere near that length of time and Teddy Sheringham. What links the three? Guinness and Bovril. You know, it's 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 the longevity drink. Yeah, and I think even the vegetarians can be persuaded to have some, like, beefy chips or something because there were no vegetarians in the 50s and 60s. It was only invented towards the end of the 60s, early 70s. So I think, actually, we need to stop pandering to their flim flam and force some beefy chips or bovril and Guinness down them. Well, the the only vegetarian back then was Adolf Hitler, and he died. Course five. Course five. 1970s. A, a pint of lager. Yeah, obviously. And steak. Steak, steak. Uh, according to Bill Shankly, that's all people ate. Um, they were force-fed steak, almost ten pounds of the stuff every week. Footballers. Um, it was all protein back then. They just ate steak. There was uh, one slight variance from that, and that was England's 1970 World Cup squad. Uh, they took a load of nutritious food to to Mexico, didn't they? Um, because they didn't trust the hygiene of Mexico. And the port authorities at Mexico 
confiscated the whole lot and destroyed it. So the England 1970 England squad had to subside on um, fish fingers for the whole of the tournament and, and subsequently went out in the quarterfinals. How about steak, 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 but then if you're either Mexican or vegetarian... Fish fingers. Surf and turf. Should we replicate that little story by having some Mexican-themed officials come round and frisk everyone to see if they've got any contraband? If they've bought any snacks, any food on them at all, it's destroyed in front of their eyes in memory of that 1970s fiasco. It's like Faulty Towers, the dining experience. I don't know if you know, but that's oh, yes, a thing yeah. where you can go to a Faulty Towers-themed... I mean, it sounds... I go a couple of times a year. Now, of course... Oh, then there's half-time where the diners go out and play their football match. Is it safe to play football after eating five courses these are all real foodstuffs that footballers ate at half time it's true you know and they were professionals with with the exception of the amateurs course six come dine with me inside of football course six right course six the 1980s Another pint of lager, very similar to the 1970s, but also, crucially, a Mars bar. They used to eat a lot of Mars bars, and that's got historical significance because they won't be able to eat that Mars bar unless they're quite quick, because immediately as they get their Mars bars, which are on the plates, obviously, served to them with a knife and a fork, a waiter dressed as Arsene Wenger, possibly even an Arsene Wenger impersonator storms in and goes from table to table being dramatically alarmed at what the diners are eating he 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 physically wrenches the the mars bars and the pints of lagers off the diners throws them everywhere chucks them at the wall puts them in his pocket says non 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 je suis le prof refuses to serve them that meal so course six is is what i like to call the ghost course it's not actually eaten or drunken it's more of a statement. It, it's, it's a cultural and seismic shift from the pre-nutritionist era of football to the post-present and future. That's a very lovely touch. I, I really enjoy that. And actually, it's funny you should mention the Faulty Towers dining experience earlier because, I, as I said, I go twice a year. The guy that has played Basil Faulty for the last six years, I mean, bless him, he tries and he gives it a blooming good go, but he's not that good an actor. And the first time I saw him, I thought he was doing an Arsene Wenger impression. I can contact him and see if he's up for a change of scene. And if, if we just tell him he's doing Basil Faulty doing the Faulty Tales dining experience, it will come across to our diners as the perfect Arsene Wenger. He's got a historical part to play. He'll love that as an actor. He'll love, you know, imagine him writing on his Twitter, writing on his Facebook about how important he is Mm. doing this role. And actors, that's what actors love to do. They they love to to make what they're doing much more than it actually is. He actually has to then come in for course seven, the 1990s. He's got to bring in the healthy food. Um, So he's actually got to thrust healthy food in front of the diner's mouths and actually physically make them eat it. He's got to stuff it down their throats. Okay. I'm talking rice and I'm talking pasta. That's basically it. I think that's all they ate in the 90s. Force feeding the diners is something he's used to doing as Basil Fawlty. I mean... He, he once, I mean, we'd laugh about this now, but he once dislocated my jaw, uh, forcing me to eat uh, spaghetti carbonara. I mean, it was, it was a lot of fun. It really was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, are we going to 
incorporate the aspect of Arsene Wenger's nutritional revolution that meant it wasn't quite right, and he insisted on lots of fruit juice without realising it was stuffed full of sugar and it was bad for the players. Yes, they should. there should be a giant funnel um, that uh, Basil Fawlty takes from table to table and he just pours a giant uh, carton of grapefruit juice or orange juice into the funnel, directly into the gullet of maybe the alpha male on the table. The Ray Parler of the group. Chug, chug, chug. But in French, le chug, le chug, chuggez-vous, chuggez-vous, monsieur, you chug, je chug, tu chug. Il chug, el chug, nu chug on, vu il chug, el chug. Beautiful. Course eight. Come dine with me inside our football land. Course eight. The late 90s, we'd like to have the old Trafford pizza fight. Of course. Um, so diners, a bit tanked up by now. And maybe... Maybe we can make it feel, because you know with a lot of experiential theatre, a lot of things happen that are scripted, but you actually think were spontaneous as a as a visitor. Yep. So if we could make the fight, the pizza fight, organic, as if, you know, it was the diner's choice that they start, started chucking pizza angrily at each other. Maybe the waiters, um, you know, a casual word in one ear of a diner, you know, like, oh, did you hear what the guy on table three thought about mm. your your missus and just in somebody else's ear oh you know diner over there yep he actually well something else about his wife i'm just thinking of what people are saying about other people's wives but i'm sure there's other ways of starting fights if we can start it organically like that and it's preloaded with on each table maybe there's a small catapult um contraption that you can load pizza in yep very good so if we think of some weaponry to give to each table and create a massive fight. Yeah, that, this is strong. Uh, because I, the last thing I want is just to ring a bell and say, right, everyone throw pizza at each other. You'd be like, no, I'm not going to do that. But if it felt as if it was organic and this was happening for real, just imagine the waves we'd create with that sort of dining experience. Well, let's think about the psychology of the real Pizzagate. It, it was rivalry between Arsenal and Manchester United that had built up over years and had become utterly toxic, largely because of the mind games of the respective managers. If we split the restaurant diners, unbeknownst to them, into two camps and we keep playing one off against the other throughout the course of this meal such that there's something that just triggers the tension, explodes at a sudden given signal. If if we employ reverse psychology, and as they come in, we say, on no accounts must there be a food fight. But if we've played one off against the other throughout the, what is it, 70 minutes by now, 75 minutes, then they're going to have in their heads no food fights, no food fights. I know we'll do a food fight because this has got out of hand and we need to teach these other guys a lesson. There's nothing more polemic these days than the culture war, right versus left. If we can somehow, before they even go into the room, divide them by their cultural and political leanings... Mm then we could spark what's been bubbling under the surface for years. In a fun way, of course. Must stress that. Could we have it as remain versus leave? I, I know that's only one country. It's only one country which might make it difficult. I mean, you're not going to be asking someone from Australia whether they would have voted to leave the EU as as Britain. So maybe I reckon they'd still have an opinion on it, though. I mean, the Australians I know, they've got strong feelings on everything, even if they don't know anything about it. So I wouldn't rule them out. If we could even divide families... You know, going back to the he said something about your missus debate, if we could split up married couples and make them sit on opposite sides of the room, you know, you could create an extremely volatile atmosphere. Just remember, 
that one of the couples in the restaurant will have been winners of the tunnel of Wagner slash Donald slash Joachim Love. So that the, they've got into the most romantic ride possible. One of them's been ejaculated out of a giant styrofoam penis into the restaurant, onto a giant mattress. And their partner has been flushed out the bumhole. Yeah, but nonetheless, it's an incredibly romantic evening for them to be there. Imagine them then being split up. You've got to sit that side, you've got to sit that side. It's part of the experience. In, in my head, as you said that, I imagined Martin Keown elbowing the top of Ruud van Nistelrooy's head. That's how romantic I found what you just said. So anyway, they've had the fight and... That's not where it ends because we don't end in the 90s. There's two more courses, but I'd like to point out that there's no there's no real violence after that. This The violence is over. Yeah, we've done that. The next two courses are very much non-violent and just enjoying the food. Come dine with me inside a football land. Course nine. So course nine, the present day, big on nutrition, but the fact that many footballers hire their own personal chef these days and they have dishes that they particularly like so Kevin De Bruyne apparently he has a dish that's made for him by the Man City chef called Kevin Carbonara is that true I'd like to bring a bespoke element into this penultimate course by bringing a whole load of dishes that are puns on footballers' names. Yeah. You know, Harry Concaney. Oh, that's good. Francis Cockervan. Yeah. Uh, Danny Drinkwater. That's just water. Uh, chicken tikka, Mo Salah. And uh, for dessert, Eaton Messi. Leroy Sarney. Absolutely. So I've made you a bit of Eaton Messi there as the taster. Okay. And I've noticed you haven't touched any of the others. There's still a full pint of lager there and some pizza and a catapult. Yeah, feeling a tiny bit sick, but I think it's sick with excitement at how good this restaurant is. Um, Just thinking of other uh, bespoke dishes... The, the Declan rice I mean yeah so that's is that just rice it's just rice but uh, it's got some Declan in it in keeping with the replicating actual events on a football field someone could take a corner looking a bit like Thomas Muller and that that would be a Muller corner a bit of yogurts coming in from the left hand side oh sounds a bit weird the way you sorry mate yeah just getting sad. very excited and i'm thinking if this is too expensive for people but they want to experience the atmosphere maybe rather than have the full 10 course tasting menu they pay a little bit less and they just stand at the Bruce Gobble Bar which is like a buffet but it's much cheaper. They, they they just stand and watch the shenanigans, the pizza fights, the, the the dressing up, the force feeding with fruit juice. But they're just picking, you know, little bits of salad out of the Bruce Gobble Bar. Mm. So course 10. Course 10, future food. This is really just the the nightcap course. This is uh, Skittles vodka or for those driving a monster energy drink. And that's really it. Uh, You can either have it in a thimble or you can have it in a pint. Um, It doesn't really matter how you have it. It's just a nice way of capping off the occasion. It's a very classy end to a very classy experience, I would say. Well, there we go. That is Ascoffiation Noshball with the Bruce Gobble Bar. Would you like to vote on this? Uh, All in favour say aye. 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 Cannot get that eye in quick enough. That is, I want to play nosh ball. (laughs) 
boom, 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 football land. Mark, I am so glad you're on board with this because I was nervous. I'm not going to lie. I have never done a tasting menu before. I don't know if you could tell that from... No, uh, I enjoyed at least two of those courses. Okay, well, I'll design the menus and uh, you get cracking on the pizza catapults. Okay. Wow. All this talk of food's made me hungry. Should we go out for lunch? Um, well, you may as well eat the rest of this tasting menu. No, no, I may as not well. I, I may as not well do that. Meeting adjourned. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 